Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, the show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back, everyone, to the 242nd episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. I wanted to let you know that I have lots of great free resources on my website at Colleen O'Grady. That's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-O-G-R-A-D-Y. If you haven't been to my website, just go check it out. Lots of great stuff. On my homepage, I have a free two-minute quiz. And yes, it literally will take you two minutes. It's called, What's Your Mom Mode? Mom mode is the way or manner you mother your teen or young adult. But not all of them are healthy or helpful for you or your child. Your mom mode determines how you experience your life, your teen, and yourself. This two-minute quiz will give you the clarity you need to identify if your mode is giving you the results you want or if it's time to choose a new mom mode that will enhance your relationships in your life. Just go to Colleen O'Grady dot com to my homepage, take the two minute quiz and you will get your results right away that will help you identify your strengths and will help you see some of your blind spots. And, you know, we all have blind spots, but these blind spots can zap us of our energy and will really prevent us from enjoying these teenage years or young adult years. So I give you lots of great practical information. Today, we are going to talk about photography and teens. You know, teens are taking pictures all day long. Teens are taking selfies all day long. And today we talked to a very interesting human being who is a National Geographic explorer. She mentors teens and young adults, teaching them how to tell their story through photos. We discuss how we can meet our teens through selfies and then take them deeper to explore their story that they really want to tell. Kirsten Elsner is a distinguished National Geographic explorer and the visionary founder of National Geographic Photo Camp, an initiative that has empowered young photographers across the globe for two decades. With a career spanning over 30 years in the field of photography, Kirsten has been a trailblazer in using visual storytelling as a tool for social impact. Under her leadership, Photo Camp has expanded to more than 35 countries, mentoring thousands of teens and young adults in the art of photography and narrative. Her work has been instrumental in giving a voice to underrepresented communities, allowing them to share their unique perspectives through compelling images and stories. Kirsten's accolades include numerous awards and her work has been featured in prominent publications. As she looks to the future, Kirsten remains committed to fostering the next generation of storytellers Amplifying voices that need to be heard. Welcome, Kirsten Elsner. Hello, great to be here. Yes, this is going to be so interesting. So, the first questions I ask my guests is if you are a mom, and if so, what are the ages of your kids? 
Yes, I am a mom and my kids, I have two sons. They are 23 and 25. Oh my goodness. Young adults. Yeah. How does that happen? Like my daughter is like 27. So I'm not quite sure how all that keeps happening, but yes. So you are a distinguished National Geographic explorer. Can you tell our listeners, what does that mean? So that means that I, well, first of all, I'm the founder and director of the National Geographic Photo Camp Program. And And we'll get into that, but I wanted to get into this other. Yeah, there are lots of um, scientists and photographers and storytellers who are explorers. And it just means that they have received funding from National Geographic Society to work on all kinds of incredible projects around the world. And we are called National Geographic Explorers. Okay. Wow. All right. That's very cool. So tell us about PhotoCamp and when did that begin? 20 years ago. We're on our 20th anniversary right now. Um, So in 2003, PhotoCamp was born and it's a photography and storytelling mentoring program whose mission is to inspire, hopefully, and guide young people as they see the power of their own voice and share their stories with each other and with the world. All right. So what's the selection process for teens and young adults who participate in PhotoCamp? Well, one of the most important parts of our process is that we work with partners. So we have community partners all over the United States and all over the world. And the selection process is really to get to know the communities through our partners, through our student liaisons. And we trust them to select the students who would benefit the most from the program. I should say that the program is designed for youth who are from under-resourced and underrepresented communities. So that's why it's kind of a hand-selected process from our partners. So our partners are sometimes schools or they are an organization or entity that has relationships with teachers in schools and the teachers know the students, they know if there's a photography club or, you know, that type of thing. And they really create their own selection processes that work the best in their own communities. So it's not a big Facebook, you know, social media blast where we're just sending it out to giant swaths of people. It's working closely with partners to find students who would benefit from the program. So then I guess it's up to the partners, like how many students are involved in it? Oh, no, it's 20 students. We we have students and a couple of alternates. So we have a process in place and it's designed for groups of 20 students. But that being said, the partners are the ones who actually implement the selection process. Now, they do that with a lot of support from us. We don't just say, hey, you're on your own. You know, we provide language and we meet with students in advance. And it's a program that cares a lot about sort of the one-on-one conversations with partners and students. So it's only 20 students. And this year, for example, we worked in 16 locations. So it's not a, you know, giant thousands of programs all over the world. It's a program that allows us to have lots of support for our partners as they go through that selection process and and everything else. So is it 20 per partner or is it 20 altogether? 20 per location. So 20 per partner. Yeah, we'll work with one partner in each location and 20 students per location. Okay. And then you're in 35 countries, is that right? We have worked with students from 35 countries. So we don't go every year to 35 countries. Since 2003, we've worked with students in more than 35 countries. So what countries are you working with right now? Oh, well, we just finished a series in New Zealand. 
So that was with a partner there. New Zealand was our partner and they found community partners for us in each of our locations throughout New Zealand. So we did a series of five photo camps there just yesterday or the day before yesterday, we finished an incredible program with one of our partners, the Okavango Wilderness Project and the Wild Bird Trust in Botswana. So just finished that yesterday. And where else have we been this year? Moldova, Dominica, all over the U.S. Trying to remember all the places that we went to this year. But it's quite a diverse range of locations that we are lucky enough to work in. So what difference does the photo camp make in a young teen's life? And what are the ages that you accept? Yeah, the ages are 17 through 22 is our most common age range. We have definitely worked with students a little younger and a little older than that, but our sweet spot is 17 through 22. And, you know, you asked what they get out of it. Was that Mm -hmm. the Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things. And I know this because I read all their evaluations and I talk with them, but as I said, the idea is for them to see the power of their own voice through photography. So what we hope that they'll gain are practical skills and knowledge and about photography and about different careers in the photography world. So they work with amazing mentors and role models from National Geographic Society who might be technical directors, editors, writers, photographers. So I think they're getting an experience with mentorship and role modeling and career exploration. And most importantly for PhotoCamp though, they are getting an experience that helps them to understand how important their own stories are. And I think that's sometimes comes in the form of self-confidence building. That Mm -hmm. just comes in really just understanding how powerful their personal stories are and the stories of their own communities. Yeah, that's great. So a lot of my listeners, I do have listeners from all over the world. Most of them are from the United States. So where are some of the partners right now in the United States? We've just finished up our series of, I think we did seven in the United States this year. Washington, D.C. was our one that we did a couple of weeks ago. Wyoming, Tennessee, Mississippi, Vermont, Utah, Mm -hmm. and Texas we've been to this year. And we're going to most of those same locations next year. We're also adding Indiana next year. That's wonderful. So I love stories and the moms who are listening are going to love stories. Okay, I have a question before I get into that. So do the students use like a special kind of camera or do they just use their phones or both? They use both. We have kits of equipment that travel around the country and around the world. So we use Fujifilm X-T3 cameras and we have a couple of kits of equipment. And so they travel around the country and around the world. But it's important to note that it's not so much about the camera. It's a, it's a very non-technical workshop. Mm-hmm. It's about composition and light and storytelling and picture stories and, and things like that more than it is about the equipment that we're using. So they are able to borrow our equipment. And I think that, of course, they'd love to keep the cameras every time, but, but they also say that it's kind of interesting for them. And it's kind of cool that those cameras are going back in the kit and maybe going to be sent to Botswana or Mexico or someplace. You know, I think they like that idea that they're sharing with a generation of photographers around the world, these cameras. And you'll see when you get a copy of the book, we have a little note in the back that shows they'll take little pieces of paper and write notes to the person in the, that's going to have the camera at the next camp. So it's like a little mm-hmm. pen pal thing, like a physically handwritten thing. They share their Instagram handles. And I think they kind of think it's pretty cool 
that they're sharing these cameras with people all around the world. But to answer your question, also, they certainly, we teach ideas of how to use your camera phone that you have in your pocket. If, if you have a camera phone in your pocket, mm-hmm. uh, how they can use their camera phones as well to do the exact same thing. Because it's about the eye behind the camera, not so much about the camera itself. So you have this partner and you have these 20 teens or young adults who are taking pictures. Is there a theme or a story or what kind of direction do they get for their pictures? Or are you just coach them to find their own story? Well, a little bit of all of those things, but mainly we have themes throughout the years. So last year, for example, the theme was the way that water connects us all around the planet. And that's such a broad theme that then when we went to each specific location, we went to Costa Rica and we asked what they cared about in terms of water or environmental issues in their own communities. And then they really helped design the theme of their particular workshop. This year, the theme, it's our 20th anniversary year. So we did something very broad and universal and something that I thought was very important in our world today, which is the idea that the things that connect us are far more important than the things that divide us. So such a broad topic, you know, could be touched on in many communities around the world. And I found that students really loved both of those themes and wanted to talk about those things. All that being said, I would say that when we arrive at a photo camp location, we listen very carefully to the students and the community partners in advance and find out what the students there care about and the stories that they would like to tell. And that helps us design the assignments and the activities for the week. Your book just came out, right? Right. Very exciting. Say the title again of the book. Photo Camp Stories. So is this the first book you've done from Photo Camp? Yes, it's gathering words and pictures and stories from students all around the world over the past 20 years. Wow. Wow. That's so amazing. I love stories. So can you tell me, let's say three or four stories from the book? And you're in trouble now because I just (laughs) love these stories so much. You know, some of my favorites are the self-portraits that they've made. So the book is chock full of portraits and self-portraits, as well as other assignments and things that they did in their communities. But some of the self-portraits are really moving. There's one of a young woman from Myanmar, and she writes a poem about who she is and what her experience was like leaving her. She she came to the United States, to Baltimore as a refugee. And we worked with our partner, the Refugee Youth Project in Baltimore. And she wrote this beautiful poem about what it was like to be her. And then a lovely portrait that was made by one of her classmates. So there's that story. There's so many. The book opens up with one of the New Zealand students. It's a portrait of him. And when we arrived in Auckland, New Zealand, where we were working, we understood very quickly that the students' ancestors were very important to them. They talked about their elders. They had a lot of respect for their elders. And that became a theme. And so we had them write a letter to their ancestors. So it's very much, you know, we're we shape things based on what we're seeing and hearing from them. So there's a beautiful image in the book that's of a, an elder's hand and a baby's hand, like a little toddler's hand to right next to each other. And next to that is this wonderful letter that this young man, Wari, wrote to his ancestors back in Samoa. We were working with all Pacifica youth in Auckland, New Zealand. So those are just a couple of them. I, yeah, I could just go on and on. There's a couple hundred stories in the book and they're all just so wonderful. Well, give us a couple more. Yeah, let's see. You know, sometimes some of the stories are hard. It's not always light and easy. We were working in a community with 
rainbow youth, they call them in New Zealand, so LGBTQ youth. And some of them had gone through some difficult times and even self-harm was something that was part of our conversations. So the story there was a young woman named Isla was working on her self-portrait assignment and she wasn't sure what to do. She had these long sleeves that color covered her, her wrists and just talking with me for a long time, for a series of a, a few days, she decided that her self-portrait was going to be of her arms where she had you know, attempted to take her own life. And that was what she wanted her self-portrait to be. So it wasn't a quick and easy, you know, conversation, but she wanted to really wanted to make this portrait. So with the help of her peers, you know, other students in the class that knew about this, myself, other teachers, there was a young woman who was a photo camp alum who became a National Geographic Young Explorer, and she wanted her to be part of it as well. So there was like six or eight of us helping her to make this self-portrait of her arms against these beautiful leaves. And it's in the book because she asked for it to be, she said, if there's any way we can share and publish this, it might help other people. And she wrote about what it was like and the sort of more hopeful future that she had for herself, which was represented in the other arm that didn't have any, you know, Mm. scars on it. And that's a story that's not an easy story, but it's important because I learned from her that sometimes, you know, Photography and storytelling is a way for young people to heal from mm-hmm. difficult times and challenges that they have faced. Yeah. So how about a story from someone in the U.S.? Well, this is sort of a group story, but one of the camps that we did recently was in Brownsville, Texas. Mm-hmm. And these, oh, well, you're in Texas as well, right? Yeah. So they were a group of young people from Brownsville, Texas, and they didn't really know what to expect. They were studying photography. So they were going to UTRGV, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. And, you know, we chose that location because I had found a professor there that was, you know, really helpful. And there's the thought that their students would really benefit. So we got there and we had a great group of photographers, Megan Dollywall and Dominic Bracco, who's done a lot of work in the borderlands and they're National Geographic Explorers as well. And, you know, there's not a specific, you know, just one little tied up story, but the whole thing was just beautiful for me because so many of those students said, you know, people don't want to come here or they don't want to come and work with us sometimes because they think it's super dangerous. It's Brownsville, you know, it's right across the border. And they have this perception of our town in the border. That's not at all what it is. And, you know, we went to a festival that was happening and just into the community, went to some of their homes and photographed their friends. And they were just so thrilled to show me and the rest of the team and the rest of the world, you know, we're posting their photos on Instagram and posting their stories. Mm -hmm. And they just thought it was so amazing that people were digging a little bit deeper to see beyond just the pictures of the wall and just all the negative stories that happen in Brownsville. And we're still, I mean, I was just texting with some of them today. They just really, I think, were inspired as were we. You know, I was really inspired by them and, you know, I'm hoping to be able to go back there because they were just such a great group of students. Mm, Yeah, that makes so much sense that someone who would feel misunderstood, a teen or young adult, would use pictures to show others how they see the world. Yeah, and it's putting the whole idea of photo camp is to put the camera and the pen and the journal in the hands of the people whose stories are being told. So Mm -hmm. they're the only ones that can tell the story. 
the mm. real story, their real story of Brownsville, Texas. And that's the same in every photo camp we've done for 20 years. Mm. Location. These young people whose stories are so important, they are the ones that are going to be deciding what's going to happen in the world next. I, I love this age group from, you know, 17 to 22 or younger, you know, just that whole teenage young adult years. They are fascinating to me, maybe because I have my own two sons that I've watched. <laughs> but truly, they're the ones that are the next in line to be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of changing the world and doing positive things for the world. So why not hear their stories? Yeah. Why not see what they want to show us? So what do you love about 17 to 22 year olds? Oh, well, I think what I was just mentioning, just their potential, you know, they have mm-hmm. so much potential and sometimes they're not quite sure what it is. They're worried about it. They feel anxious, but you know, I'm much older than that, but I completely remember that feeling of like, okay, I want to do something meaningful. I don't know really what it is, but I've noticed that as a mentor and as a teacher and the other photographers that, that serve that position as well, just some words of encouragement are so important to that age range. I guess that's important to all of us. But mm-hmm. in the end, you know, just a few words of encouragement, I have seen just that light go on in their eyes. And I think there's something about that age group that is just hopeful and waiting and ready you know, to take those next steps in their lives. And I think it's cool that PhotoCamp has this intergenerational mentorship going on. We're, quote, mentoring them, but they are also teaching us many things because of their youth and enthusiasm and, you know, Mm -hmm. vibes, I think, for the world, you know? Yeah. I've been a therapist for 30 years. Mm. So I see a lot of teens and young adults in my practice. And I love them too. And of course, I am a mom to a 27-year-old. What I love about what you're saying is I think often if you're the mom, you kind of tend to see, you know, where they're immature or what they need to grow in and that you see sometimes the negative first. Mm -hmm. And we're often, especially more in high school, we're just trying to get them to the goal of their future, which often is college. So this is a very different approach, which I think could be really helpful for moms is really being interested in our kids' stories. Yeah. I mean, do you remember, I'm sure you do, when someone gave you an encouraging word when you were in high school? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was my, I don't know if I was a good writer, but my English teacher told me I was, and I got the English award at my high school. And I just remember that was so important. Like, I don't know if I would have leaned into that and developed my writing skills. And I became a writer and a storyteller. But I just very much remember that feeling. So it's a huge responsibility. And it's important to me when I'm on a photo camp to not say an encouraging word if it's not true. But what I do is there's only 20 students and I get to know all of them and I keep in touch with them. So what I do is I truly look for the most encouraging thing that I can see, or the thing that is showcasing their talents. If they have a little spark of writing, then I lean into that. If they seem to have a good eye for photography, they're really like getting up on a table or down on their knees, you know, getting different perspectives. Then I mention that. So I don't try to sugarcoat and say, oh, you guys are also great at everything. I really try to find something very specific that I see that they're doing well. And that's what I chat with them about and mention to them. And it's invariably, as the course goes on, those are the things that they lean into and you even see it in their evaluations. They'll be like, oh, I remember one student from Baltimore said something like, now I have people in my life that think I'm smart enough to go to college. Mm. 
And no one else has ever said that to me before. And I remember having a conversation with him on the second or third day, you know, kind of encouraged him because he seemed to want to go to college, but didn't think he could. And so a small word of encouragement, and then he's writing about it in the evaluation. And I know he went to college. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I was the reason that he went to college, but just if we can encourage the good things that we see, that's all any of us need, right? But particularly a teenager. Right. I remember a girl came to me in my private practice and she was struggling with some depression and anxiety. And she showed me some of the photographs that she had been working on. And she was in a photography class at her school. And she just lit up. It was like night and day. Mm-hmm. And especially because I thought they were amazing photographs. And, you know, I've taken pictures not like you. But I mean, I, you know, in college, I was a camp photographer for four years. And I've always liked taking pictures. And I was an art major. And so I truly loved her pictures. I mean, they were really amazing composition and color. And I mean, she just lit up, just lit up. And I think things like that where like you're putting these kids in a place where they're discovering a lot of times gifts they didn't even know they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right about photography. I mean, in my experience, what young person doesn't think photography is somewhat cool? I mean, it is. Because, <laughs> you know, they use it all the time for selfies and things like that, but we're yeah. always going beyond selfies and they love that. Like, let's do a self-portrait assignment. Tell us your story through making a self-portrait and writing. <laughs> Those kids are like, writing? I don't want to write. This is supposed to be a fun camp. But they love that part because they're writing about like they're using the photograph as a catalyst for written expression. And it's about them. So I would encourage any mom that's struggling with their teenager, not not to make it light of it. I know that there are all kinds of different challenges that people face, but try photography. You know, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's really good. I mean, here's a thought I have, mom, just this is random thought. But, you know, you see your daughter taking a million selfies and you could just even ask her, what's the story you're trying to tell? What's the story you're wanting to tell? Yeah. Because a lot of times we're just judgmental, like, oh my God, you're the 59th selfie in one day. But if you ask her, what is that story you're trying to communicate? That yeah. could be a whole nother conversation. Yeah. And then take it a step further and, and go to a photography exhibit or find a photography book that's about portraiture. Yeah. And look at portraiture and say, you know, there's this concept of kind of going beyond selfies. And selfies are wonderful too. There's nothing wrong with them. But what if you were to go a little bit deeper and try to make a more meaningful self-portrait? What would that look like for you? Here's some examples of some, you know, like I said, if you live in a city, maybe there's a photo exhibit or a photo museum, but there's photo books or stuff online that Mm -hmm. you could look up and find just interesting portraiture in photography or painting. But I would say, you know, in this case, photography and ask them to see what they would think about making a more meaningful like give them a sort of a little fun assignment. You could both do it. My mom and I are both doing portraits of each other and I'm interviewing her because I'm like, I should take my own advice. I've never interviewed my mom. And so I'm filming Mm. her just on my phone, you know, just filming her and making portraits of her and asking her her story. And she's loving it. I mean, I'm not a, you know, teen daughter, but I can imagine like a mom of a teen daughter or son doing that exercise. And it could maybe break a cycle of frustration with their thousands of selfies that you might find meaningless. But how can you go beyond that and lean into what they already care about and are already doing and want to do and say, I wonder if you can go even further with this. And like you said, tell a story. Yeah, I love it. So one thing I would say is I looked at your Instagram page and that would be a really great 
place for moms to go and look at some of these pictures? Yeah, I mean, I would say Instagram is our, at least for the moment, for PhotoCamp, that is our largest social media posting platform. And that's how we're sharing the stories. So yeah, I mean, we have tens of thousands of people watching and interacting on the NG PhotoCamp Instagram page. So that's a great way for them to share their stories beyond their community. We also do blog posts and there's exhibitions. There was just an exhibition at the UN headquarters in New York that included some of our photo camp stories from Ethiopia. We were featured at the Nobel Peace Center, a big outdoor, free outdoor exhibition in Oslo, Norway. There was a retrospective at the John F. Kennedy Center with all of our refugee work that we had done over a series of years. So there's lots of ways that it can be shared, but Instagram has exponentially, you know, made that reach. Mm -hmm. How do you envision the evolution of photo camp in the next decade? Well, I hope to continue doing what we're doing and also to connect the students together. So we're working on something right now that would be like a map that would allow young people and PhotoCamp alumni to connect with one another and with explorers and photographers that they've worked with over the years. So the big old PhotoCamp family connecting us together is something that I envision as being really important over the coming years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are there any projects that you're excited about? I'm really excited about a week from now. I'm doing a master class, an alumni class in Washington, D.C. So we are bringing students from all over the world and some team leaders. Some of our alumni come as team leaders from all over the world to learn about storytelling careers at National Geographic headquarters in Washington, D.C. And we're pairing them up together to learn each other's stories through photography and interviews and writings. So I'm really excited about that. And I hope that we'll have a chance to do that every year. And Yeah, just kind of all of it, all the stuff that's happening over the next couple of years with new partnerships and new communities and going back to communities that we've worked in the past. So I'm looking forward to all of that. So you had mentioned the National Geographic Young Explorers. I mean, how many of your kids become a young young explorer? Relatively few. That's kind of just the past few years. Some of our alumni have applied for that program. Now it's a nomination project, but our process. But there are, I think, five of them so far that are Mm -hmm. now Geographic Explorer. One from Mexico, one from Costa Rica, one from New Zealand. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting when that happens because one of them, for example, is from Mexico. And he pitched a photo camp that he wanted to do in his own community in Huchitan, Mexico. And we just did that in August. So there's all kinds of ways that we can bring in not just the ones that become young explorers, but there are others who are not young explorers that are also pitching photo camps to us that we're considering doing next year as well. So the more we can bring in our alumni throughout the years, that's what we try to do. So how do you think the world of photography can change our future? Well, I think that photography is about understanding other people's lives and connecting people. So I think that projects like these. I mean, there are 20 years ago, there weren't very many programs along these lines, but now there are quite a few, which I find super exciting. And I think just using the photography workshop process is really important because if we can just take the time to stop and listen to and understand one another's stories, then it's my belief that the world will become a more connected and tolerant place in the little pieces of the world that we work in. So, yeah, I think that's the way that that photography can help us to understand one another. So what's your advice to the moms listening today? 
Well, I guess I already gave that that one piece of advice to maybe work with your teen or your son or daughter on using photography and maybe writing whatever they seem to be more interested in to ask them to share their stories with you. I know that that's not easy to do because when they're teenagers, especially, and sometimes even young adults, they're not maybe that interested in in sharing their stories. They're turning more towards like keeping their, their stories to themselves. But what if you were to use photography? Like I said before, that's something that that you can do together and you don't have to have cameras or fancy equipment. You can have a journal, a pen, your phone for recording each other's stories or your phone for photographing one another. And I would say just make, I don't know, like make a little project out of it and have some fun with it. It could be something that you do for, you know, a holiday or a birthday mm-hmm. celebration mm-hmm. or something like that. That actually may be a way you could get your teens more involved in the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times teens just want to just run off and, you know, go see their friends and not deal with aunt so-and-so or grandma. So yeah. maybe you could get them involved in, hey, why don't you take pictures? Then you can share your story through your pictures. Yeah. Or let's do an interview with grandpa or somebody. Yeah. You know, think of a couple of questions that you'd like to ask him and then talk to grandpa on the side and say, you know, what questions would you ask? your grandson, you know, and then they they could do an exchange recording one another. I mean, you could record or grandpa and and the, and your child can record for one of our photo camps that we did. It was with young women from Afghanistan that were here in the U S and based on their ideas, their writing prompt was write a letter to your mom. Mm -hmm. And so the letters were kind of about this, you know, tell me what it was like when you were my age. I'm 18 and here's what's happening in my life. It it must be so different than what was happening in your life in a a different place when you were this age. And it was really beautiful to see those letters. Yeah, that would be really interesting for any mother and daughter, for sure, that conversation. I think that's what inspired me to do this interview with my mom because Mm -hmm. I started by asking her, you know, when you were my age, here's some things that I'm thinking about. What were you thinking about those types of things then? And I learned these incredible stories about, you know, my grandmother, who during those days, no one got divorced, but she had gotten divorced and then traveled house to house, sewing as a seamstress for people's wardrobes. And so, you know, I never even knew that story. And it just made me feel so like, wow, I come, maybe that's one of the reasons that I'm kind of entrepreneurial and started my own thing and very independent because I didn't even know that story about my relative, you know? Yeah, that's very cool. So where can listeners learn more about PhotoCamp? I'd say the main place is on Instagram at NG PhotoCamp because they're seeing what we're doing in real time. We're posting as we go along. And the PhotoCamp book, I would say, is just, of course, I'm very proud of it, but it's a it's mm-hmm. a great compilation of these stories and really helps you to understand what this project is all about. I think it goes on sale November 7th, but I can send you the link to pre-order it on Amazon. And if there's some listeners who would like to be one of your partners, what do they do? They would reach out to me on Instagram or reach out to us, you know, direct message on Instagram. I can send you an email address for me as well that you could post. I will say that most of our partners come from other National Geographic explorers. But that being said, if there's someone that has, your your, uh, listeners are mainly from the U.S., right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but if they happen to be a teacher or know about a school, especially from an under-resourced or underrepresented community, that's you know really important for them to know up front. It's an outreach project of National Geographic. There's no tuition or no cost to the school. So our goal is to work with under-resourced communities. But if they know some a group of students that fit the bill, I can send you my email address and they could reach out to me that way. That's okay. probably better on Instagram. <laughs> I'm okay. still doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for your time today. That's just so interesting and a very exciting project. Thank you so much. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, and that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.